getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like you. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be here for... The first podcast of Getting to Know Woo. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the voice of uh, the, no, no, what should we call it? Are you a co-host? Uh, co-host slash producer slash yeah. bon vivant. <laughs> what is bon vivant? I don't even know. Uh, someone is. who loves life. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were having one of those. Oh, yeah. Well, you get one when you get me. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I I didn't know. Surprised you hadn't noticed. I know, after 19 years together. Um, But I, yeah, what I was going to say was I hadn't mentioned that in the intro, it just talks about me. Rather, I just talk about me, but we (laughs) haven't mentioned that. Your important part role in this is as I talk about all of this um, woo-woo stuff that you are, you're more new to it. I mean, at this point, you're a lot less new to it, but yeah. you you have a new, you have a different um, perspective. Yeah, I've, I've got a new attitude. You got um, a new attitude. <laughs> I and I thought that would trademark. be, well, actually, it was your idea. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I it's funny because actually after I suggested it to you, I realized that I, I don't know if I can, strictly speaking, claim to be a newbie anymore because right. we have been together for nearly two decades. Um, yes. But I feel like I still manage to bring uh, that perspective to it a lot, like someone who isn't as familiar with it. So, And also, you are more sciencey. I yes. guess. Yeah. So I thought yeah. that would be perhaps you thought that too, but when you talked about I forget exactly how you said it, but basically I think it would will be nice to have you know another perspective if you have questions, maybe like I'm off thinking everybody knows certain things and you will be like hold up Hold up, bitch! What are you what are you talking about? I I will probably not call you bitch. Oh, okay. Probably. Probably. Um, anywho, so what we're gonna do each week, I think, it's all a kind of a work in progress here. I do feel like I wanna give a shout out to my previous uh podcast that we still don't know what if it's on hold permanently or partially. (laughs) 
Um, Tess and I, each time we check in, we're like, I doesn't feel right either way to say goodbye or to stay yet. So we're letting that happen um, to Magic Monday. So hello to Magic Monday listeners, if you are listening. Um, and I don't know why I wanted to give a shout out to Magic Monday, <laughs> but I did. Yeah. And um, so anyway, what I'm thinking is what we're thinking is like usually we'll have a little check in and then we're going to go with the topic of the day. That's right. So, um, and I do think just to, by way of introduction, and people will get to know me as I go on, that again, Magic Monday listeners will know that I um, was raised with a lot of narcissism, um, and especially from my mom. And that is really what brought me at age 16, I would say, I started doing, um, I did go to therapy also and I, I still do off and on um but it really was these tools as i've as i said in the intro um <laughs> that have helped me a lot and also i feel very passionate about i guess i also said this in the intro but to expand on it a little further just about how helpful this <clears throat> these kinds of tools are for mental health emotional health yeah and i feel like truly like i feel that the patriarchy this also the misogyny of um things about women that are very valuable are devalued in terms of like intuition not that men can't also have intuition but it's well, more even, of a, yeah. yeah go ahead even that's a part of it i feel like that intuition is considered an inherently feminine thing or like only like that's something women do right Right, and therefore it's bad because right. women are, are not right. as valuable. They're flighty, can't be trusted, ungrounded. I didn't know about the can't be trusted. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to reveal that. Um, yeah, especially I will say women, This I really love that there's a whole new wave of ADHD being recognized in women. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly was... Um, I would say a victim to that, to being thought of as flighty and spacey and, Mm. you know, traits that are, that are, um, what do you call it? In (laughs) AD, traits that are inherent in ADHD women, women with ADHD. Um, Yeah. yeah. Symptomatic of. Yeah. Thank you. Um, But anyway, so I'll, I, I say this a lot in my work in different ways, like when I'm working with people and just all over the place, I'm saying it, how powerful (laughs) tools like self-compassion are. And they're so overlooked as just being like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, be self-compassion. But if, I mean, truly, if women had been (laughs) the ones in charge at all times, if, if women were more valued, we would see... I mean, not that, of course, women do struggle with self-compassion, but I'm saying like those kinds of things if um, that are attributed to more a more feminine way of being. Am I making sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, well, I mean, th- like I spent my whole life being hard on myself as a way of motivating myself of right. like, you know, just grow up or like man up and do it. Like, I know you don't want to you're, or, you know, what kind of idiot can't do this like and it is (laughs) 
it is not even a little bit helpful. I mean, it only yeah. makes you feel terrible. And definitely yeah. the introduction of self-compassion to my own internal monologue has been life-changing. Yeah. So tools like this, I mean, self-compassion maybe isn't thought of as woo, but I mean, maybe it's it could be in the camp, I guess. Yeah. It's one of those things that... Um, this is part of why I'm doing it. So, any hoosers, should we... <laughs> any woozers? Any woozy hoosers. So, <laughs> oh, well, before we get to the subject at hand, which is death, it's not a spoiler alert because um, it's, it's right in, there the title, in the title, getting to yeah. know death. Um, I wanted to start small. <laughs> Just ease your way <laughs> to con- Yeah. Dip a toe to in the pool. Subjects that everybody wants to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably it's a great business decision to talk about death. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, first I will just say, if you're not familiar with me, um, get to know me over at highestlighthealing.com. You can also find me on Instagram and now TikTok. I'm woot, doing woot. stuff over there. Yeah. Um, but you can, I do sessions where I look at people's energy and help identify their core wounds of whatever's going on behind the problem at hand that they've brought to me and then we help clear it out and I always give people tools and ways to um to heal it and I also offer classes and other things which you can find over there okay oh and I have a book coming out in the spring that I'm so excited about what's it called oh it's called healing your inner child oh my god yeah by Union Square Press, which is exciting because it'll be out there in the old Barnes and Nobies. Yeah, and real physical bookstores and everything. Yeah. Okay. So the reason that I'm, I didn't intend to start with getting to know death, um, but uh, my father died a couple. Oh boy, that's going to make me emotional. I mean, that oh. sounds obvious, but um, <laughs> <laughs> just saying that has. It's making me sad. Yeah. Um, we're getting right into it. <laughs> well, I, you know, so part of what I want to talk about is like, I am kind of surprised that that just is making me emotional because um, I've actually been feeling slightly like guilty that I haven't been deep in grief the way I have with like, let's say, um, a couple of cats that we have lost <laughs> over the years. Yeah. Um, but you know, my relationship with my father was, um, I guess I don't like to say complicated because, but I think in complex. this case, it, yeah, yeah, I guess it was complex. Um, yeah. He wasn't around a lot growing up. He traveled a lot for work, and also, I th- he hid behind my mom a lot. Um, who was a a force. She was a real force. And in fact, um, when, uh, so I did a trade recently after my dad died with someone who does what I do. We both, I guess, I don't call myself a medium, but I, I do talk to dead people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was saying that he was describing my mom as a hurricane, like a hurricane four. What is it? Yeah, class four. Class hurricane. four, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was, it's just been a bit complicated. And the last week that we spent together, I went out there as he was dying. He actually chose to 
do end of life um care which is assisted suicide which it shouldn't really be called suicide but no he was he had real a lot of cancer very quickly just spread very quickly he was in a little in a lot of pain so yeah um and that last week was actually kind of like it's funny my friend Cassie said it was like kind of like a living funeral like you for the last <laughs> mm-hmm. few days because he was he was on a lot of drugs but it made him more open than he used to be and, <laughs> and he was very present for he we we talked a lot and it was it, there was a lot of closure there but well closure I, don't, I guess i didn't really need a lot of closure but there was a lot of connection i'll say yeah that. yeah well i mean you said that he described it as some of the best days of his life and yeah. I, I think it was precisely because of that connection yeah not just with me but with a lot of people came right. to see him and stuff. Well, and he reached out to me. Like, he was reaching out to yeah. a lot of people. And it yes. was definitely, like, the easiest conversation, like, flow, most wow. flowing conversation that I'd ever had with him. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it felt yeah. a lot lighter than, yeah, I mean, even though we didn't talk about anything different than we normally talk about, uh, it it felt... Um, just easier to yeah. talk to him. In some ways, that's what Oxycontin does for you, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, for some people. I don't know if it does that for everybody. <laughs> well, before you're fully addicted, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I wanted to talk more about um, what, like, dealing with death from the um, woo perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um so when he was first, there was, it all happened very quickly. There was about two weeks and I would say between the time I found out and the time he died. And, um, he, what I noticed essentially when I was feeling um, my pain and my grief, um, I noticed that when I tuned in, it really was like the eight year old in me and before I even say anything else I want to say you know grief is different for everybody so it's not like okay this is how you handle it but one thing that might be helpful is to when you're feeling grief first of all just feel your feelings is so important if you can I mean when you can let's put it that way because I was thinking about it every death is so different and with this death there was a lot of details that had to be done with between yeah. my siblings and that like was a lot of administrative a, stuff. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which was creating a lot of anxiety in me. Um, and actually it still was even today, there's still stuff. And I noticed, okay, let me just take a breath and look at the anxiety as my inner child, because that's part of people who aren't familiar with this, like inner child work is, Essentially, you have this center, we all do, which is like a witness or an, a loving inner adult. Or there, there, There's a difference between your higher self and your inner adult, but in some ways they can serve interchangeably in the sense of feeling connected to self-compassion and, you know, just like you would with a friend that's going through something, if you're not merging with their feelings or something like that so i took a breath and i noticed this anxious inner child and i realized like oh my god 
she feels like she has to do all of this. Mm-hmm. And that's very overwhelming for like she was like five or six, you know, and that was scary to her. I was yeah. realized like when I was able to kind of pull her out of me for a second and and feel what she was feeling separate from me in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that uh, it was just a lot of her feeling like she had to take everything on. And when I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is, I am the only, and I was just like dealing with closing one of his like accounts, like his phone account. Right. You know, but it was still felt like a lot of pressure, you know, well, if you <laughs> a five-year-old, tell a five-year-old, yes. go, yeah. Yeah, go close your your father's <laughs> phone account. Your dying father's phone yeah, account. Your dead father's phone. Oh, uh, right, right. Um yeah, so she this part of me like I felt so much anxiety and when I was like, no, this is the adult doing this." It was interesting cuz what happened was she felt like I got this I I know it can sound funny to talk about it like she felt like but you know, well, this is part of inner child work is this part of me felt like, um, well, what am I, but this is how I'm valued. Right. Like what I do is how I'm valued. And, um, what, I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm not like trying to be the best, you know, so that my siblings understand that I'm doing the work that I need to do and like that they'll appreciate it and they'll, you know, value me. And it, and so I just, you know, gave her some love and compassion. I was like, no, this isn't your value. Like this, all I'm doing is it's actually pretty mundane. It's okay. You can go have fun. Right. Right. So this is part of what it is. Also, realize I started to say that I realized that really it was my eight year old self that was mourning my dad because that's when we had the most connection together and she also idealized my when I was eight I really idealized him and thought that he was like I mean because he would kind of save me from my mom a lot right so giving that part of me a lot of love and that really helped to stabilize me so that's something you could do just noticing when you're dealing with the loss of a loved one or even a breakup or any kind of you know, morning checking in with how old is the part of me that's feeling this? And then maybe an adult, like when I have lost cats where it's been very sad, I just felt the grief and uh, that's all I needed to do was right. just feel it. I mean, it sucked, but I just felt it. Yeah. Can I uh, just say? Yes, you may. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when when my dad died a few years ago, um, I Oh, it's was... a competition now? Yeah, my dad's been dead longer. Um, I mean, it's not... <laughs> Not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> uh, when when he died a few years ago, I was still pretty new to inner child work. I mean, I was mm-hmm. like brand new, I think, because yeah. I had I was doing a great job of checking in with uh, my inner child parts, like, and it was also for me about eight years old, the part that was mm. like especially um, oh. grieving. That's but I was. I had no, I did not yet have the skills to not merge with that part. And so mm-hmm. it was like, <laughs> it was so intense. It was like even more grief than I would, I think I would have been feeling before I had learned to like check in with those parts. And uh, I don't know if wait, you Wait, hold on. So yeah. you checking in 
but you were checking in with it, but you didn't realize that when you were checking in with that part, you instantly, when we say merge, we mean like the that that center and her adult part kind of go if it goes away and you just become yeah. only that eight-year-old part yeah you sort and, of let the kid take over is the way yeah I think. and that doesn't mean that just for people who are new to this this doesn't mean like you've lost your mind and you start no. talking <laughs> like an eight-year-old or like well what, I did, no it's that was <laughs> that's besides the point yeah. yeah but it this is what we do all day long and we don't even realize that many times we're in different ages we're not in our very present self age so go on yeah sorry well so it just it was very it was um really intense like just only doing the first part like only checking in with the inner child like merging with them and it just felt like overwhelming and um i had to call you more than once to sort of help me get back to self to connect from me as an adult who could Mm -hmm. you know process these feelings and like allow Mm -hmm. them and be there with the part that was feeling those things do you remember how you did it no i don't unfortunately (laughs) it was was pretty it was pretty intense i mean i remember when when i came back when we when i uh i grew up in arizona so i was back there where my family is and when i came back we you know did some more formal healings Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but so i one way to do that if you are feeling sometimes it can be hard to tell what is just like feeling grief and what is feeling um when you're merged i guess mm -hmm. is what i would say it reminds me of that old I think this is like a real therapist saying of if it's hysterical, it's historical. <laughs> and that can get kind of iffy when you're dealing with grief. But I have experienced, like when I experienced grief, grieving my cats that I really, really love, which may sound silly, but I very much bond with my cats. Um, and not for no reason. I mean, not just because you love Yeah, cats. they were the most stable part of my childhood but um when i would greet it did feel like very intense and sad and my heart like literally hurt and i felt the feelings but it didn't feel the same like i don't know out of controlness Mm. to use a real word um (laughs) that (laughs) that i felt when I merged with a with a little part of me that feels they don't have safety, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like they they need, you know, their dad to be okay, for instance, or like they're alone in the world. It's a different kind of grief. So it can feel like pretty intense to grieve, but it's it is different. Wouldn't do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Like when I was able to um when I was able to be more in self, as you say, like more present as adult me, um, it was like, it was, it was, it was just very different. It was less like, um, uh, I mean, hysterical is, is I think more dismissive than I mean it, but it was just, it was overwhelming. Like it was, it was, uh, like all I could do was like feel sad and cry. Yeah. Well, that is, I mean, hysterical doesn't, see, that's another word that's been uh, coupled with, like, 
in a negative way with female energy. But well, literally shares the root from. I mean, it refers to like hysterectomy and hysterical are from the same root. Oh, I didn't know that. See, yeah. that's why you're here. <laughs> or, <laughs> uh, etymology. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that is, um, yeah, it is it is very helpful to have more center. One thing I wanted to say is I didn't, before, I actually, um, so my experience in the beginning with inner child work was because I would look at people's energy and I would see really, I mean, at the root of every problem really is an inner child. Um, I did also have like in the early nineties an inner child therapist for a little bit. Um, but I didn't know about internal family systems until a little bit later, like about, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Anyway, they use, um, they say self with a capital S to be the center. Um, just letting you know, <laughs> letting the Thanks. people, yeah. letting know. The people know. Um, so anyway, yeah. So those are some, that was, that's one way that I was dealing with the grief. And then the other thing is really basic energetic hygiene. I, it's one thing, especially being someone who has ADHD, even though I haven't been diagnosed by a doctor yet, but definitely. You got it. You've got it. I got it, baby. (laughs) You Um, got this. I love giving tools and I, um, that are small and easy to do quickly. Um, you do have to be consistent about them, but I really, again, before I knew I had it, so much of my ADHD symptoms were, um, I don't know if healed is the right word, but kind of by using energy healing techniques of taking care of myself, essentially, like calling my energy back to me because it was just like, who scattered, you know, thinking about a million things. Instead, it's like, oh, I call my energy back to me. For some reason that really, um, well, I know why it's like, taking out all of that input from all around you, it minimizes that input and it helps you to just be with your energy. That's it. Not all of the, I lived in New York city at the time when I was learning it. It's like, instead of all of the millions of people, it's like, no, it's just my energy. And that helped me with things from just feeling boundaried and being able to set boundaries with people to like not losing my keys all the time and stuff like Mm. that but uh, yeah i used to lose stuff all the time (laughs) i used to i told the story on magic monday a lot but for my 15th birthday my friend got me 15 (laughs) sets of my key shout out to stephanie (laughs) (laughs) that's uh, that's right on the borderline of nice and passive aggressive oh no it was nice i mean she didn't it would have been passive aggressive coming from my mom. That's true. Um, and then I was like, my reaction was like, oh, great. I get to lose all these keys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to pay have such to worry close attention. until I've lost 14. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but it did help me also dealing with this grief, like being there with my dad. And I mean, I guess maybe less with the grief and more with just, okay, I'm taking care of myself. You know, like I have to, um, I can't be scattered like 
taking on his energy, for instance, right. or my sister's energy or whoever was around's energy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was really important to me to do some visualizing every morning. And one of those things was grounding, feeling my body, like being aware of my body, like just literally checking in somatically to feel like, okay, do I have tension in my feet? Where do I feel freedom in my body? Where do I feel, you know, relaxation? Where am I tense? And then just intending to call my energy back to me. Yeah. So that was another really important um, piece to to working with with death. And then, yeah. you know, like, if we're going to... Go ahead. Uh, well, I just want to add, like, for, you know, for so many people when... I mean, really, for most people, when you're dealing with grief, you're going to be back in like family systems that may or may yes. not be healthy and even if they're healthy yes. they're still energetically demanding and so like Great that point. practice can be uh especially helpful to make sure you're not giving away your energy or taking on other people's or both yeah and if you do have challenging family members it's also good to remind your inner child I'm here. You're, we're not back at that age. I promise. Even though we're around these people from that age, I'm an adult. Like feeling into my heart. I mean, one thing that I really have dealt with with grief is to imagine those feelings of grief just going into my heart chakra, like just go mm. breathing into my heart, just feeling it, processing it through my heart, um, is a way to really change the energy to just process it to let it not just be hanging around so so to speak yeah um oh and i was just gonna say if we're going from like um in terms of woo from not very woo with self-compassion to all the way with talking to dead people <laughs> um <laughs> that's another way that's been really helpful for me <laughs> is to be able to communicate with them and i realize like people are like well, good for you. It's nice that you can do that. Or, yeah. Um, but you can have, I mean, it is the the thing that I feel a little resentful about is that it's hard to speak to loved ones when you are really in grief. The grief kind of blocks it. Right. But sense. if you're in, does it? Does to me, yeah. Why? I mean, kind of for the same reason that they don't let, um, like they don't let doctors practice on their own family, like uh, because your emotions are clouded, and like especially right. if you are in grief at that moment, it is yeah. going to be very hard to like you know sort of use your tools from a grounded place. Yeah, I guess I mean it's the same thing where they say like your nervous system needs to be relaxed and calm before you can deal with anger. Even in a, if you're in an argument make sure you're calmed down before you can before you communicate with people that are alive right right, <laughs> right. so same goes when people that are dead the old daddies i am noticing i'm saying like a lot which hmm. i guess is real californian of me but here we are it didn't seem like an excessive amount to me well you know me pretty well <laughs> um so i do want to say about that is you can set that intention if you can understand, you know, try to 
I feel this is another one of the things about um, that I have said before about dealing with like woo stuff is the rhetoric around it is that either it's for other people, like only special people can do it. Only special Mm. people can access their intuition really or talk to people who have passed or whatever, or it's not real. It's like one or the other, you know? And by the way, whenever you're dealing with fear in general, like a fear part of yourself, usually they will talk in very black and white terms also that are not true. You know, like, Mm. oh, you can't do this. You're terrible at it. Or if you don't do this, you're terrible. You know, it's like conflicting message. Did I interrupt you or no? No. Okay. I think you interrupted yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, you can practice it, you know, when you're feeling less in grief, you can, if you have a loved one that's been gone a while and you're feeling more regulated, you can just get into a meditative state or just take some deep breaths and then just ask like, okay, at whatever questions you want or whatever it is, and then just start to hear what comes up. And the biggest part, I, I teach an energy healing class, and the number one thing in that class really is just trusting yourself, learning how yeah. to trust yourself in this new kind of language. And it's the same thing with talking to dead people. Yeah. That, it's that's, easier than you think. Yeah. Well, that is that overcoming that, that, um, hurdle, that dismissal of your, mm-hmm. uh, of the information that comes to you is not a small thing like it was i for me it took me a long time to sort of trust my own information in the sense that like i my skeptical part that grew um i grew up in a very religious family and left the church and so i i i swung hard the other way in terms of like i am a rational atheist no god and i can prove it kind of uh, obnoxious person, uh, and <laughs> that's uh, not how you feel now. No, or no, it's not. I, I've, uh, I've, the pendulum has settled somewhere more in the middle. Um, but, but that dismissal of like, oh, well, that's not coming from like you know your grandma or like from the universe. That is just you thinking it. Like right. that's you're giving yourself this answer. So like it's right. not real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's hard. And honestly, I had to be validated a lot in terms of um, reading people for a while and hearing them say things like, oh, yeah, that's exactly, you know, what she would say or whatever. Or like this happened or that. I would get val- I would get validation and that would help me know like, oh, OK, I'm on the right track here. I am right. hearing these things. And right. this is what it feels like to connect in this way yeah you know and it is a more subtle um way of communication to say the least (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're not literally hearing um so sometimes you know i don't get it right sometimes it's like wait is that what they're saying i don't know just like with miscommunication with alive people that can happen too so just to be gentle with yourself as you're learning it like oh, okay and and if you can treat it like fun that can also help you learn quicker yeah well it's not like getting on a like you're not connected to that person and they're speaking directly to you as you know like the way you know right, on listeners are listening to the podcast it's it's yeah. information coming in a different way that's right 
I think it was you who said it's like imagination. What did you say? Do you remember something about? Oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, just that imagination is, um, I forget how I put it now, <laughs> but it was something <laughs> like imagination is, is uh, your intuition and information that is delivered to you through your thoughts or through your, or that appear to come through your thoughts are dismissed as just imagination, as just like right. you're making this up. Um, right. Yeah. Off to, intuition to, is dismissed as imagination. Yeah. yeah. But it, but it is like a similar language. It's like, when you're sometimes when you're like particularly for me when I'm looking at past lives it feels like what I would have called imagination if I hadn't you know if I wasn't used to it and know now like oh yeah again right. getting validation like that's exactly how I feel right now because usually past lives are a reflect you know end up being a lot like these lives right well it comes in through exactly the same place like you cannot oh, right. like until you start practicing and even then like i mean i have some practice you know listening to information that i receive but like it's indistinguishable at first from your thoughts yeah. yeah 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 if you're learning it just keep trying all right well i think we said it all as all far right. as that goes <laughs> yeah we're done there's nothing we're else done. to say we're done so now I'm going to give a little energy report, which is um, my feeling into the energy of the week ahead and um, just sort of giving what I'm given what I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what this should be called. The giving, giving what, what I'm, I'm getting, getting report. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, are you uh, what? I was just gonna ask if you're uh taking what they're giving because you're I'm working, working for, for a living, living. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, right? Just wanted to square that away, okay? That's a song in case there's any people <laughs> under the age of 50 listening to this. Just kidding, <laughs> you're under the age of 50, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, also, I do want to do a quick caveat, which is going to sound like um, double talk, but I don't actually, t I don't believe in telling the future in terms of predicting events. But for me, I can feel into the more immediate future. So I'm like, and not again, not in terms of predicting events, but just what I'm feeling about the energy. Right. Okay. And that's on a sort of macro scale, not like, yeah. like Brett, you're going to have an aneurysm this week. Right. That's yeah. a specific event that right. I won't talk about. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, basically, and, and what I have found in the past is that before I was into astrology, I started to get into astrology after I was doing these energy reports and really saw a lot of things lining up. So now it's been kind of fun right. for me to read the astrology and be like oh yeah that's why i'm feeling that so anyway it's mercury retrograde so <laughs> you know a lot of people fear that but um it doesn't have to be a time of fear but this is what i'm feeling okay how many times am i going to say this is what i'm feeling without saying it i'm saying it now <laughs> basically it does feel like this sort of and also it was a full moon on saturday um in Pisces so that brought up a lot it's it's a big feeling moon 
It's also a moon of rest. Mm. I'm a Pisces rising, so, you know, I love it, but some people don't. Um, But there's this feeling, it's a little bit of resistance energy, like, uh, Mm. I want to do this thing, but, like, uh, I also don't want to do this thing. I want to stay home and go under the covers. Um, Also, there may be, I mean, just, like, with, and I am certainly feeling a lot of Mercury retrograde stuff, which is, like, things breaking down, communication breaking down, um, things meaning technical things have been breaking, or, like, or otherwise being difficult, right? Yes, and like my, yeah. um, yeah, just like different apps haven't been working. Stuff like that is more typical. But on an emotional level, what I want to say about it goes along with a theme that I've been feeling lately for a few weeks now in my clients. I've been seeing it a lot. And also I've been feeling it, which is when you're in that sort of void time, when you don't, when you know you don't want to do the thing you used to do, But you also don't feel or are scared of the new path. Mm. So like the new path hasn't been, you can't really see it very well. Or you know, oh God, now I have to start setting boundaries all the time. But I don't really want to set boundaries yet. But I also know I don't want to be in that relationship where my boundaries were walked over. So it it is sort of, it's this in-between like uncomfortable feeling of also i don't know what's next but i know i don't like the old stuff so it's about really building tolerance and capacity for being in that in-between space where uh, uh, what i just described does that make sense yeah yeah so it can be really hard to build capacity for that because in some ways it's just sitting in your feelings yeah yeah which can be a very uncomfortable place to be yeah sometimes. especially if it's some of those feelings are about like let's talk about i don't know something specific like um there's a relationship that isn't going how you want it to go so you're not going to engage and it used to be oh i have a good example of a client so um They were having trouble with this relationship where it was making them feel insecure. And when the person got off the phone, they immediately like called them back and was like, oh, I want to, but let's talk this out. Let's talk this out. Hmm. And then they realized like, oh, wait, I don't want to do that anymore. So they had to sit with their discomfort. The person wasn't there. So then they were like, okay, I'm not going to do my usual thing of texting them or like trying to email or whatever, trying to engage. Instead, I'm just going to be in this place with these feelings of, oh, this feels really bad to not call them back. But I also know I don't want to do that anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Like stopping stopping a uh, coping mechanism that you've used for a long time that isn't serving you without knowing yet what it's going to be replaced by can be really Hard. Yeah, you said that very eloquently. <laughs> so, yeah, so one thing that you can do to help build up this tolerance is good old self-compassion, the number one tool that I love that really just put it, put your, try putting your hand on your heart. Oftentimes when we're in that place, we will go into our heads to try to control 
or attempt to control the situation. It doesn't mm. work, but it's uh, oftentimes a trauma response. So to feel into your body, take a big breath, feel your feet, look around the room. If you're feeling unsafe, remind yourself you're safe by looking at things in the room to remind you you're in the present. Um, if you can bring up your inner, the feeling of that fear or whatever it is, the discomfort, imagine it 10 feet in front of you and give, see if you can feel compassion for that feeling. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. And that you really, you're building new habit. This is the uncomfortable work of building new habits is being in that uncomfortable time. So yeah. letting yourself know like, oh, this is normal for when I'm changing something. Right, right. Can I ask a quick yes. uh, clarifying question? Because I remember this term used to trip me up a little bit uh, when, when I first heard it. When you say feel into something, like feel into hmm. the energy of the week or feel into your body, that really just translates to paying attention to. Would you agree with that? Like pay attention to or put focus on. Mm. Yeah, would I would say that? that plus maybe some heart energy with it like mm. so it is more like feeling it as opposed to i see it's kind of just yeah paying attention to it feels to me more like a cerebral thing like noticing uh -huh. you yeah. know yeah so yeah so more like yeah yeah that's what it's I almost mean. like attention plus self-compassion yeah yeah or <laughs> but when i'm feeling into the energy of the week it's not really self-compassion oh, it's right, more right. like uh that's using more um, other of psychic senses, <laughs> like yeah, right, tuning right. into the yeah. It, that's something else. Um, I am paying attention to it, but not with my brain. Brain, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that sound. <laughs> Who needs funny. that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope that's helpful. And oh, the reason I was going to say is it's good to to know it's normal is because sometimes when we're in that spot, we can go into a bullying place of like, this isn't, ugh, why aren't I there yet? Or, yeah. you know, yeah. I wish I wasn't triggered. And it's like, allow yourself to be triggered. Um, I know that sounds like an easy thing to <laughs> say, but, but don't resist it. Like if you're, there is, a, I have noticed actually in myself lately that, and uh, even though I'm kind of I'm feeling the trigger, I'm also resisting it at the same time. And I noticed if I can let myself just say like, oh, I'm triggered. OK, this is just where I am. I'm going to stop fighting it. This is where I am. I yeah. still I still fight it sometimes. And I just want to I feel like always adding this whenever anyone new might be hearing that advice. I remember the first time you told me to just allow myself to be well it's like i'm it's specifically when i used to perform improv i would sometimes get very like I'd get nervous or self-conscious and i'd really get in my head like overthinking and analyzing and judging and i remember when you told me just allow yourself to be in your head i thought like well that's a great idea <laughs> but how the fuck am i supposed to do that like mm -hmm. i'm in my head how do i not be in my head and i don't really have specific advice on how to do it except to like if anyone else is having a similar reaction just accept that it is possible well you think, said and like yeah. like observe when I, eventually i was able to just observe without judgment and without obsession that i was in my head right and it allow it it creates a distance that allows you to 
to to decide on like how to deal with it that isn't there when you're when, when you're, you're merged with in it. your head and judging yourself for it and and all yeah. of that. You said, "How do I not be in my head? I'm in my head. How do I not be in my head?" But that's the whole thing. I'm not saying don't be in your head. I'm saying right. Let yourself stop fighting. That you uh, right, 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 right. Well, just like the uh, yes, that uh, just uh, allow yourself to be in your head felt like an impossible instruction mm. to me the first time I heard it. Well, so. that's what I like to. Do give impossible instructions, <laughs> seemingly impossible instructions, um, but in fact, life changing. <laughs> um, yeah, well, one of my favorite. This is the last thing I'll say. One of my favorite um, things to help with that is the Sedona method and mm-hmm. their little mantra: "Can I allow what is to be, and yeah. be, and be?" So, if you're feeling triggered, can I allow myself to be here? Yeah, just allow myself to be triggered and yep. be here and be here. So, like, that's it. It's we don't realize how much resistance we put up yeah. to, to these. Yep. Um, okay. Yep. So that's what I'm feeling, and that's- here we go. <laughs> um. All right, everyone. Listen, I enjoyed it, and I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad we're here too. Um, I guess I already said where to find me, so I don't need say, to do You could say that. it again. Yeah, yeah I could. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, check out the show. Oh, you know what I did not say? Oh, did I already say this to ask if no, you, you have didn't. any questions? Oh, I didn't. Okay, well, check out the show notes. Um, are we going to have a website? We sure are. It's getting oh. to know woo.com. Oh, look at that. You can check out the show notes on there. Um. Also, if you ha- if you want to ask a question, you can ask me at getting to know woo o o at gmail.com. And to give me some show topics you might be interested in. Great. Oh, might we have a newsletter people could subscribe to? That's quite pot. Sounds like we will. <laughs> Do you think that's possible this week? I'm asking my producer on the spot. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe not this week. Yeah, well, check the show notes. Uh, if it's available, if it's there, it will definitely be there. And then if it's not, do it. then If it it's won't. not, wait till next week. You can yeah. email me and I'll put you on hold for that. <laughs> so one thing I want to say before we go is please, if you enjoyed this podcast, to rate and review it because... You may be the first one to do it. Yeah. Wow. Could be wow, wow, wow. That would be exciting for me. Plant that first flag in your yeah. comment. Or the second or the third. Anyway. I mean, all we, of them are exciting. Yeah, they're all exciting. We really <laughs> will appreciate it because that's how people are going to find this podcast. And just we really appreciate it and you for listening. So thank you so much for being here. And um, we hope to see you next time. Bye.